I'm your host, Jen Wingerter, and today my guest is Justin Dunning. Justin earned his bachelor degree in sports management and an MBA from Quincy University. Justin is currently the Region J Director for Special Olympic Illinois. Justin was recognized as the 2018-2019 Illinois Coach of the Year by the Illinois Basketball Coaches, Coaches Association and the Southern Illinois Junior High Athletic Association. In 2020, he was chosen as one of the outstanding young persons of Illinois. In this episode, Justin will share with us his road to QU and what he's been up to since graduation. Thank you, Justin, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So let's start at the beginning. How did you get to QU? How did you end up here? Sure. So I have an older brother that's uh, about four years older than me. And so when he was in high school, he went up uh, and took a visit to Quincy. He was a baseball player. And uh, he actually chose to go to junior college. But then two years later, he went back to Quincy. So okay. uh, we spent many, many family trips. Uh, his name's Nick Dunning. And we spent many family trips going up to watch him play. And and then uh, as he graduated as a senior, I was a senior in high school, and so I was fortunate enough to be recruited to play baseball at Quincy University. That's a neat connection. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was it was a family uh, a family uh, tradition, I guess you could say. Yeah, and a neat experience as a high schooler to be able to event. I mean, that ends up being your alma mater, so being able to go see games and yeah. stuff. Yep, absolutely. And he actually stayed on for uh, another year uh, in. He was a graduate assistant baseball coach. So uh, my first year there, uh, he kind of took me under his wing and uh, showed me the ropes of, of QU. That's pretty special. So what are some of your favorite memories from your time here? It has to really be uh, kind of tied with, with a lot of the baseball side. Uh, I mean, I was, I was very, very fortunate and blessed to, to play under Coach Raby. It was actually his very first year was my senior year. Oh. Uh, and we won the conference championship and went to the regional. Uh, and, and it was really kind of, you know, uh, an achievement because he spent all those years practicing and, and I can remember walking across campus and, and pitch black because we had to be in the <laughs> pool at, you know, 530 in the morning and, and doing swimming and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, it, it just was really cool to see all of your hard work pay off, uh, in your last year. And, and really I'm a big sports guy. And so, uh, what's really cool about Quincy is all of the, you know, sports that are offered there. We were very good friends with the soccer team. Uh, mm -hmm. We roomed with, with many of the basketball players. And so you kind of lived their season um, through them. Because sure. obviously we were a spring sport. So in the winter, we're, you know, in the front row of the basketball games and, mm -hmm. and cheering on our, our best friends. And, and so a lot of that was, 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 was very special for me. So what do you love about QU? I think I'm, I'm – I'm one that kind of likes, I came from a smaller town. And so coming from a smaller town, uh, my high school class had a hundred students in it. And so you kind of knew everybody. And I feel like Quincy kind of has that feel. Uh, I know it's not, you know, as tiny as that. Um, but at the same time, you really knew each of your professors. They got to, to, to know you very well um, and would ask about how sports were going and that kind of thing. And, and so I think I love that part the most. But I'm also, I love tradition. And so I know, you know, QU's campus and their baseball stadium and the cool stories about the players that had played there before you. Uh, and thinking about, you know, the traditions of you don't want to walk, you know, through uh, the the, um, the circle and, and you'll have bad luck and spend more yeah. years up there. And, and those, <laughs> yeah. you know, those kind of stories that, that just stick with you. And, and 
and it really just makes you think about history. And, and I, I've always been a big history guy, and so I love that part. So you also served as a graduate assistant coach for QU. Was that your first experience with coaching? Uh, yes. So it was my first, you know, experience, especially at that level. And, and I just fell in love with it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is a ton of work and those people, you know, should, you have a ton of admiration when you're, you're on the other side of, you know, I, I was cleaning baseball uniforms. I went from being, <laughs> you know, one of the best players on the team to I'm doing everybody's laundry. Uh, and you know, you're getting up before everyone to make sure that the weight room's ready and, and the facilities are ready. And, and you're not getting paid. Uh, you're getting. You're not getting paid, but you're obviously getting your school paid for. Uh, and it's a sun up to sun down with with the study tables and everything else that goes with it. But uh, at the end of the day, I I love competing, uh, and I think I, I I carry that over to the job I currently have. I'm always sure. very competitive. You know, if I'm reaching my goals and that kind of thing, and and it allowed me to to continue to do that. Um, and so I was very, very, you know, grateful that Coach Raby gave me the opportunity. I was actually rehabbing an injury as well, and, mm. and so being at the facilities and using the weight room and all that kind of stuff was was definitely huge and, and something I'm very grateful for. So, what did you learn through that your first experience of coaching? So I learned that uh, I, I didn't want to coach college baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's going to sound really weird, but I always had that dream of yeah. growing up and coaching college baseball. And and if it wasn't coaching college baseball, it was being a college athletic director. And, and what you don't realize is, is the time those people spend away from their family. Uh, and, and really, it is a family sacrifice. And then also the, the fact that most of those you know individuals aren't going to make a lot of money until they're, they're many years into that industry. And, and not that that's everything, but um, it definitely came to a road where you had to choose what you wanted to do. And, and I, I chose a, a different route, but I'm, again, I'm grateful for that experience and the opportunity I had. And, and I always do think about what could have been if, if I did stick mm-hmm. with it and, and do that. But I guess that's the way that life works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a brief break. And when we come back, we'll talk with Justin about how an internship led to the career he has today. The Quincy University Academic Symposium is a showcase for student achievement across our liberal arts curriculum. Each spring, student presenters engage in professional performance and discourse with experts in their field of study, as well as the greater community to disseminate their work. The symposium provides a public forum for academic competition with prizes awarded to a student and their faculty mentor from each department, including graduate studies programs. Visit www.quincy.edu slash academic dash symposium slash to learn more about this exciting event. And welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. We're here with 2011 graduate Justin Dunning. So after completing your master's, you went on to play for the Gateway Grizzlies. As your season finished, you got a call about a possible job. Tell me about how that internship led you to your role with the Special Olympics. Sure. So I uh, obviously with the sports management program, we did an internship and then we did a practicum. And so my practicum was with the athletic department at Quincy University. Uh, and again, I had a great time doing that, going to volleyball games and and all those other events that, you know, are on campus. 
And then my longer internship was with Special Olympics, um, the Area 11 office, which was uh, in downtown Quincy at the time. And I was very lucky to have Jill Reffitt. Uh, she was a professor at the university, and she actually was in the process of, I, I guess she kind of did both, but I know she was moving full-time with Special Olympics. And um, so she had a daughter that had Down syndrome, and she found out, I think, when I was maybe a freshman at, at Quincy. And by my junior year, um, she had started working for Special Olympics. And, and so I was given the opportunity to do a internship with her. So it was wow. great to kind of have her in class and then, and then go over there and, and help uh, with that as well. And uh, one of the biggest events we did was uh, Polar Plunge. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know they still do it up in Quincy. And I was uh, really responsible for recruiting plungers and helping with the logistics and everything. And so um, throughout the time I had with Jill, I did a very good job. And she thought very highly of me. And actually, my, my college roommate, Justin Richhart, we both did the internship together. Mm. And so um, once I stopped playing uh, with the Gateway Grizzlies, um, she noticed that a position down in the Highland office, which I live right outside of St. Louis, Okay. Uh, came open, and so it was a, a easy fix. Um, she kind of helped me through the the inter interview process. You know, gave me some good pointers to, to interview really well, um, and I received that position. And, and I, I've been with the Special Olympics ever since. Wow. So can you share a little bit about what your role as director of Region J entails? Sure. So uh, when I first started the Special Olympics, I, I was in a different position. I was a manager of sports training and competition, and it's awesome. I was like a grown-up PE teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so many of our uh, individuals know more about the disability or might serve at a group home or something like that. And so I would go around and teach them how to do the sport. Mm. And so it, it was a really cool job to have at start. Um, but I have three children now, and so after a few years, I really wanted to advance in the organization. And this director position came open uh, actually a couple of times. And then the second time uh, I applied for it uh, and was able to get it. And so as the director, I have a little bit less travel and I'm responsible for an 11 county area wow. uh, in the Metro East. And so basically what that entails is I do all of the fundraising, all of the competitions, and then all of the, the outreach. So getting new individuals involved uh, with Special Olympics. And, and so with all that, we don't, we aren't a government program. A lot of people think that we are, um, but basically all of our funding comes through private donations. So okay. uh, events like the Polar Plunge and those kind of things, uh, we basically have to go out in the community, get sponsorships and, and receive that funding. Um, that way we can serve individuals with intellectual disabilities. Wonderful. So what do you love about your job? Uh, the, the thing I love the most is that I'm working in sports. Um, at the end of the day, like that's really what mm. I'm very passionate about. And that's kind of what led me to Quincy anyways, was the sports management aspect, playing baseball, those kind of things. But being involved in Special Olympics still gives me the opportunity to put on sporting events mm -hmm. uh, and really give people um, experiences that I wish I would have had. I mean, I was very fortunate growing up, but we always try to do special things, whether it's playing flag football, mm. you know, in the Chicago Bears training facility and like right. um, using, you know, the Gateway Grizzlies nice facility to host a softball game and, mm. and things like that. And the other, you know, aspect is, is dealing with the athletes. The athletes, uh, they they know how to brighten your day. Every, mm. every time you kind of see them, 
they just bring a smile to your face and, and they really let you know um, that there's more to life than just winning or just, um, you know, money and those kind of things. It's, it, it's special to, to interact with our athletes. So is there a special athlete that has impacted or inspired you? Yeah, there's a long list, but uh, I had two of them yesterday. I just went to present an award um, at a business for a polar plunge, and I I took Tony Hill and and Jim Morgan with me. Mm. Uh, Tony Hill's been around for a long time. The Special Olympics has been around 50 years, a little over 50 years now, and and Tony's been around for for most of those. Wow. um, Yeah, Tony Tony is uh, in a wheelchair, and so uh, I'm giving this presentation yesterday. And, again, every time I'm with them, I'm smiling. Mm. They don't know any strangers. Basically, he's (laughs) saying hi to every single person he knows. And uh, we're we're doing this presentation and talking about the first time they take the polar plunge. And and Tony tells me that there's two guys that carry him out to the water, and they ask him, how far do you want to go? Wow. And he says, "Um, as far as you want to take me. And so they take him (laughs) out into this water. And they dip him down, and they get him right below his waist. And, and in front of about 30 people, he just says, it was so cold, I could have got up and walked. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> and he tells them how he's screaming like a little girl. And, and so, again, <laughs> it's getting those guys' experiences and, and kind of realizing that, you know, life is, is truly special, and it's just what you make of it. Like, there's a lot of hardships that those guys have had to overcome, um, but they still know how to smile every day and, and kind of make every day bright. And so it's very inspiring and impactful for sure. So how can alumni get involved where they live? So Special Olympics Illinois uh, is obviously the chapter of Illinois, but Special Olympics um, is a worldwide global organization. Um, You can always go to specialolympics.org. And on that website, they'll have locations and things like that and connections for who uh, you can reach out to. But for most States, if you just type in Special Olympics and then your state, it should um, bring you to your local chapter of Special Olympics. Um, in Illinois, we actually um, were the birthplace of Special Olympics. Oh, so wow. Venus Kennedy Shriver um, started Special Olympics in 1968 at Soldier Field in Chicago. Hmm. So um, for our uh, Special Olympics, it's very um, – Illinois is kind of leading the way in a lot of things. So it's, it's very cool uh, to be a part of that. But then, obviously, we need funding, and then we always need volunteers. We have about 70 staff and about 23,000 athletes across the, the state. Wow. Um, so we always need volunteers and, and um, funding. And so those are kind of the biggest ways that people can get involved. If you've ever um, come to a Special Olympics event or really see, seen it, most people think that they're going to a Special Olympics event to help someone. But at the end of the day, you really, truly walk away um, being helped, if that makes sense. Like yeah. you get that fulfillment, um, you realize, you know, what life is really about. And, and so I do encourage if, if, you know, people have never volunteered for the Special Olympics, just take one Saturday, uh, come out to an event. Um, you get a volunteer shirt and usually a free meal and, and uh, definitely get a hug from an athlete. <laughs> that's for sure. So, You've also spearheaded community and athletic programs, including the new Baden Park Boosters. Can you tell me what drove your desire to start these programs? A lot of it had to do with my own children. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm from uh, New Baden is where we currently live. Uh, And I'm a big believer that if you don't like something, that you just need to step up and kind of make the change yourself. 
And so that's what we kind of saw here in New Baden was I joined the park district um, and our park district is, is much smaller than many of them in, in mm-hmm. Chicago and everywhere else. Um, and it's basically, you know, it's five people um, sitting on a park board and running a couple of like uh, father daughter dances. And so uh, with how um, impactful I am with sports and, and I, the impact I know it can have on people, I really want, wanted to ramp that up in my community. Mm-hmm. Um, I coach high school basketball at Westland. I was the uh, junior high baseball and basketball coach. And so the program uh, for the high school to be successful really needs feeder programs um, oh, sure. to kind of build into that. And so, uh, again, I, my experience is, is running sporting events, and so it's a very easy transition for me. I got three kids that I wanted to, to get involved and have the same experiences I had growing up. And so I basically uh, started those programs, and, and they've been taken off ever since. That's great. It's um, amazing what um, the things you love and the experience you have or the things that your family might need or be interested in lead us to start programs and to um, be the initiators of, of things that we desire. Absolutely. Yeah. So what advice would you give to fellow alumni? I think, I think many people, especially if you've gone to Quincy University, you, you kind of have already realized this, but there's so many people that always complain that, you know, the, the school is too small or the, this isn't that. And I think when you go to Quincy and you're a student there, you make your experience. And what I mean by that is you can sit in your room every night and complain about how bad it is, or you can you can go out and walk campus and find people and make it better. And I know it was easy for me to say as a baseball player, I kind of walked onto campus that first day with, you know, I had 30 to 50 brand new friends. That, right. um, but at the same time, you know, we, we became good friends with the soccer players in our hallway at Centennial because one night they're playing golf down the hallway with, you know, putt like <laughs> golf. And so, again, whether it's, it's you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon or 2 o'clock in the morning, there's always something to do. You just have to be willing to go out and do it. And I think um, it goes the same way for life. Uh, I mean, you can sit there and complain and say that this isn't working or that isn't working. But unless you're truly willing to kind of step in and make those changes, then at the end of the day, your complaint is just wasted air. Mm -hmm. And I really, I truly like kind of live my life by that. And and, um, I was lucky enough with my job to listen to a speaker. And I believe the book was uh, some like man on fire or something like that. But it was a a gentleman who's a police officer uh, got in a really terrible accident. His car, everything exploded, and oh. you know he's he's missing part of his his face. Uh, but he really uh, believes that everything that happened to him that day and every day since is your choice. And I think when you look internally and and think about the decisions that you make, um, it changes your whole perspective on life because you choose to be in the spot that you're in today, um, and you can kind of work to build to to be a better person. Uh, even if it's one small step at a time. And and so I really think, especially in today's world, that the more everybody can try to do their best to make things better, um, the better it's going to be for everybody. So uh, that's kind of the biggest, uh, I guess, inspiration I've had, uh, especially over the last couple of years with the pandemic and things like that. Everyone's kind of been told what they can't do. Uh, And I think I still believe strongly that if you go out and do it, and you're, you're passionate about it, you'll get people to follow you and people to um, grow in that belief. And so it's really, really uh, impactful and, and great advice, I think, for anybody. 
I, I agree. I think we all need to remember that piece of advice and and um, do the very next thing, like you said, just one thing at a time. My thanks, yeah, my thanks to Justin for being my guest today. Be sure to tune in next week for a new episode of From the Hawk's Nest. I'm Jen Wingerter, and it's always a great day to be a hawk. <laughs>